another episode of Oddest is Hottest, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022, and probably another year of uncertainties, illness, death, plague. Bitching about life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what this is, right? You know? Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... This one, we kind of go back and forth on, like, what we want to talk about, and as you all know, this is a little bit of everything that we want to talk about, and it's a lot of, you know, religious deconstruction, anti-purity culture, sex positivity, sex talk, that kind of thing, but we also just kind of throw something in here and there that we want to discuss that is relevant to our concerns and interests, and in this one, especially you, Kristen, have been wanting to talk about a climate change doc again so we're going to review the climate documentary from netflix called seaspiracy yeah like you said it's kind of like a hodgepodge of a show sometimes and one of the things that i always want to bring to the forefront more and more which i know everyone is tired of hearing about it but i'm going to do it anyway is climate change and this one's all about how we're raping our oceans right now, I do follow a climate scientist on TikTok that is, you know, she does ease some climate change anxiety, which is nice. She's like, yes, it's very scary. Yes, there's a lot of doom and gloom, but, you know, we still have time to turn things around and save things. And she does warn people against talk like, you know, talking like it's the end of the world, you know, but um, which is nice to hear sometimes because mm-hmm. when you watch things like. You know, the first one we did, we and we, what was it called, 2040 or something like that? I don't remember. I think so. Yeah. That one was very hopeful, too. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of them that are, and like that scientist that I follow, she is, you know, she really gets on people about being like, this is the end, because it's not, you know. But yeah. we definitely need to talk about the things that we're doing that are not sustainable. Exactly. And this one even does mention at the end, like, the seas do bounce back relatively quickly. So if we would stop, if we would just leave them alone for a little bit, I mean, even with Deepwater Horizon, when that happened over a few months, the life systems there bounced back because we weren't fishing or anything in that area. So it doesn't take a lot of time if we would just stop for a minute. Right. I mean, think about fish breed rates, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, with the amount of fishing that we do the populations can't keep up especially with the technology that exists with the nets and commercial fishing boats and things like that you know and and this is something they talk about in this documentary they can just do like one sweep in one area and all of the wildlife is pretty much gone and they don't they're not picky either it's it's coral it's fish it's sharks it's seal it's whatever is in the area is just kind of collateral damage yeah that's the sad part is you know you always read these labels of dolphin safe tuna which is complete bullshit that's not a real fucking thing right and i've avoided this particular documentary for a couple reasons i have watched two fairly violent ocean documentaries one being the cove and one being Blackfish. And mm-hmm. The Cove is incredibly violent. And I watched I'm them both. I'm scared to watch that one. <laughs> yes. The, I watched them both on the same night, actually. Oh, uh, yes. That's terrible. Yeah. And my dad actually watched The Cove. And he was like, don't you ever watch that. Because you know this about me. And I think on The Extra Sisters, we've talked about it a little bit. I don't know why. You know, I don't know if I believe in past lives or that you have been reincarnated. But if I 
if I did believe in that, I was a hundred percent some sort of cetacean. And cetaceans mm-hmm. are your whales, dolphins, porpoises, those types of things. Right. Because there is just something that like has always just deeply, deeply connected me to those creatures in the ocean. Like when I was like three years old, I saw Free Willy for the first time, which is actually kind of cruel in and of itself, but mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about that. But the first time I saw an orca, that was it. It was over. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was hooked. Like, and when I was six years old, I went to SeaWorld for the first time before I was old enough to comprehend cruelty, right? My mm-hmm. parents didn't realize it either. My my mom does now, but, you know, and I, as a six-year-old, I didn't know why, but I was, when I watched the Orca show and I saw them in person for the first time, I cried mm-hmm. as a six-year-old and I didn't understand what was happening, you know? Right. So, so that's why but even I kind then, of, like deep down, you realize something is very wrong. deep that and like just being in the presence of orcas was just so surreal to me. I bet they are like my soul animal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just it. There's I, I don't know why. Like, I, I've never seen them in the wild. That's one of my bucket list items. But I can tell you, I will just sob. I, I feel the same way. I know they're not talking about it, but if I ever get to go to Egypt, like my husband's going to have to be like, give my wife a moment. She'll be okay because <laughs> right. I will just be distraught with tears. I know it. Yeah. And so I kind of stay away from ocean documentaries because I kind of have done my own soul searching and education because I follow pods in all of the like orca groups and research groups and I follow all the whale researchers and so I know what's going on because I follow the pods and so when they lose members Mm -hmm. I know why and a lot of them are losing members especially in the Pacific Northwest because they don't have a salmon population anymore and they're starving right because of us because we suck Right. And so I kind of stay away from these documentaries because I'm I'm like, I don't eat fish because first of all, I'm not a huge fan of seafood, but I wouldn't anyways because I want the orcas and the dolphins and the, the sea life to, to, the fish. to get it because that's like my thing. You know, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. I just math and science wasn't my thing. And I so I just didn't end up being able to do that. But and also marine biologists, it's very difficult to get a job. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I did not force Amanda to watch this. I promise you guys. I gave her an out like a bunch of times. So don't think that I'm terrible. No, we agreed to it. And like, I I did want to see it. You know, it's just, I didn't, I I didn't know that he was going to go to Taiji where the cove was filmed, where they Mm -hmm. do the dolphin slaughter in Japan. I also already knew about the whale slaughter on the Faroe Islands, which is where they end this documentary, and they do a pilot whale hunt and slaughter, which is incredibly violent. Mm-hmm. So this is not for the week, this documentary. Mm-hmm. Neither is The Cove. I'll talk about that later. But this documentary talks about, like Kristen was saying, of how we are ex- – basically just taking and taking and taking and taking everything from the ocean and how there's absolutely no regulation even when there is supposed to be Mm -hmm. and everything you see it's it's kind of the same thing with eggs when you think about when you buy a container of eggs and it says cage free well sure they're not in a cage but they're in a warehouse where they don't have room to walk around so it's not really any less cruel you know what I mean exactly and they're left in dark the whole time so that they don't panic when you want to pick them up to slaughter them and things like that like that's fucked up 
Right. So these the labels and things like that that are being used are just for consumerism feel good. Absolutely. Just like they talk about in this sustainability or the fact that all we ever hear about is plastic straws. But the big problems are commercial. And the big, I mean, nobody's surprised by that. The big problems with everything, with the economy, with climate change in general, it's all consumerism. It's the big capitalist giant companies. And this one is overfishing. Right. And they also talk about, you know, the the best thing that people can do is not eat fish. And the documentarian goes in and he asks these big anti-waste companies, anti-plastic companies that are specifically pro-ocean cleanup, like why they don't talk about taking a stance against not eating fish. And they never have an answer because nobody wants to, I mean, think about, when you think about a vegan, you know, mm-hmm. the connotation is generally negative right Mm -hmm. yeah so none of these companies want to be that it also doesn't help that they're getting money from big tuna they like they're getting money from that whole dolphin safe tuna label is getting money from the tuna industry so of course we're not going to actually pay attention to this right it's all about how we are perceived by the public and then of course the money coming in the back door Mm -hmm. because if you cut out one of those channels you're going to lose and people are not going to receive stop eating fish we've tried this before meat free mondays or meatless mondays colorado did that and you should have seen the response yeah it was fucking ridiculous people lost their fucking minds over one goddamn day a year that's it it was one day a year and people panicked and instead they were like meet on mondays or something like they have fucking protests over it calm the fuck down you do not need meat every single day and honestly shouldn't eat it it's bad for you every single day also, it wasn't like a mandate or anything. Exactly. Our governor was just like, hey, here's a challenge. Try not to eat meat today. And people yeah. lost their fucking minds. Lost their goddamn minds. And so one of the biggest solutions is to cut down consumerism of animal product, of fish in this case. Especially when you have countries like Japan, whose mm-hmm. primary diet is seafood. It's, I mean, that that's how do you talk about a mountain you know to have to climb yes and you know that's a cultural staple of theirs i mean look at the art even going back forever they're an island nation of course they fish of course they whale right yep it just makes you kind of it was it's hard to watch because every you want to be respectful of cultures right and it's hard to, like with every culture you know indigenous people of like canada for example they slaughter they do a seal hunt you know mm-hmm. and i would never want to witness that you know mm-hmm. but i wouldn't ever go up there and be like you know i would never want to be disrespectful to somebody's culture but and but when you like look at japan for example and they're slaughtering these incredibly intelligent sentient beings and what really gets me trigger warning when i tell you i when i watch the cove and when i watch seaspiracy and things like this when i tell you i cry i i don't just like there's not just like a tear rolling down my my cheek right Mm -hmm. this is like shoulders heaving up and down like somebody in my family just died right Mm -hmm. because i've done so much research throughout my childhood and my adulthood 
to understand the intricate social structures that these animals have, how they understand this is family and how they understand they, they know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're hearing them fucking scream. Yes. That's what kills hearing it too. Like I literally at some point was just like plugging my ears and just like sobbing. And I'm like, my dog, which just kept like bringing me different toys. So she was like, <laughs> What about this one? Well, this would make you, you happy. Better, Please Mom. stop crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they are just so intelligent. And well, and it's not like we're even or they are even doing it for the meat. You find out basically why right. they're doing this is because they think because we have overfished the entire ocean. All of us as human beings have overfished the entire ocean. There's not that much left, honestly, that they think that the dolphins are eating all of their fish. So they are going to kill the dolphins. Right. And if you watch The Cove, now The Cove came out in, I believe, 2009, I want to say, somewhere around there. They also mention that if you do an analysis of Japanese seafood, they have also found dolphin meat in things that were supposed to be other fish because they didn't make the catch they were supposed to make. I would not be surprised in that at all. Added to the fact that we actually have people like SeaWorld that are funding these people. Because Mm -hmm. if you can get a baby dolphin out of Mm -hmm. this little family, then you Mm -hmm. can have it for $100,000 from SeaWorld. Right. Absolutely. Which is why every single time I see someone like on my Facebook feed or something, like check into SeaWorld or take pictures at SeaWorld, it just makes my heart sink so deep. And... Because funding those tickets is funding mm-hmm. animal cruelty directly. Yeah. 100% directly. Kidnap that baby and slaughter the entire pod, the entire family. That's so sad. And then, yeah, everyone that's talking about SeaWorld, well, they do conservation too. Like 1% to 3% of their work is actual conservation. Mm-hmm. And it's only to say that they do conservation mm-hmm. to get you off their back. It's right. not actually... Because they want to do conservation work. If that were true, 30 to 50% would be conservation work. And more animals that they had would be rehabbed animals. But Mm -hmm. they're not. Exactly. collections. And in Taiji, there is a – they keep some for themselves, too. There is a dolphin, or was, I don't know if it's still alive, called Angel, who they pulled a a baby albino and put it in the Taiji Whale Museum. So they also Mm -hmm. keep some captives for themselves. And you have to – you can pay to go and see some of the ones that they thought were pretty enough to keep and stuck in captivity in Taiji. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, and it's right next to the cove too. Like it, it's That's only so like a couple up. miles. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, you know, I'm not, I've been looking into, you know, things that Japanese people did to like Chinese people with World War II. And then all of this shit keeps happening. And then you find out that they're also stealing all the sharks just for shark fin tuna. That's it. And throwing the bodies just in the fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. They're taking our most endangered fish, the blue fin tuna, and they are fishing the hell out of that because they're getting money and money and money and money for it. So I'm starting to get pretty pissed off at Japan. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's China, it's Thailand, it's, yeah, and it, it's happening in, off the coast of Africa, it's, and we're doing it in, the, in our Pacific Northwest, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we fairly recently, as of the 80s or 90s, banned captivity sales of the, like, 
bottlenose dolphins and orcas to SeaWorld. That's yeah. all in the past, like, two or three decades. Yeah, and even within the past, what, two or three years, we finally just had another mandate for SeaWorld. They can't, what is it, they can't make their own now or they can't? They can't breed in California. That's right. Yeah, they can no longer breed orcas, and so the breeding will stop. But So they're going to have to get creative on how they get orcas now and mm-hmm. so hopefully that's going to drive the end of the orca captivity if you've ever been to sea world they keep i've been a couple times and they have it's like one of my biggest shames in life too but you get older and you, you learn things right mm-hmm, exactly and so the bottlenose dolphin enclosure is a pool literally that you can walk up to and as a child you can reach into it if that tells you how how deep it is okay Mm -hmm. I mean your parent might have to help hold you up but it's probably only about six to eight feet deep I mean I could my swimming pool at home was probably deeper than this dolphin pool and it probably is I don't know it's not the size of a football field maybe about half Mm -hmm. and there are maybe two dozen bottlenose dolphins swimming in circles. And they give you, you go up to this stand and they give you tiny little fish to feed them. And that's these dolphins' lives. That's just so sad. Like, I mean, come on, think about it. Think of things that people do not to go to jail, which is, you know, essentially our human equivalent of that. You get a tiny little cell. Maybe sometimes you go out into the yard for a little bit. That's terrible that we do this to sentient creatures. It's so fucked up. We, sh- we shouldn't do this to any creatures. Like, I love the zoo. It's fun to walk through, but even zoos are fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's hard to be like, well, this is a good zoo. This is a bad zoo. It's like, I mean, not really. Like, anything that is not specifically, if that animal goes out into the wild, it will die is not good. Yeah, and that's the only way that I'm honestly okay with zoos now, and it's not for a good reason, but it's because we have, we're literally, you know, poaching these poor animals in the wild, so I guess at least we'll get to see them for a while behind a fence. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wildlife sanctuaries in Africa are doing some good work and things Mm -hmm. like that, you know, and uh, the... There were a few things that I wasn't, I don't really like when documentarian, and I know this is completely for audience things, when they act shocked about things that they already knew. Mm -hmm. I hate that. That drives me nuts. (laughs) Or when they, so Rick O'Berry is in this documentary, and Rick O'Berry is the, he he did The Cove, the documentary The Cove, and Mm -hmm. If you don't know his background, he started his journey with dolphins because he was a dolphin trainer on, I think, the movie Flipper in the 70s. Okay. That dolphin basically committed suicide because it was so miserable. And he he saw that happen. And something clicked in his head and was like, this is wrong. So he started activism work, you know, in, in this and so which is fantastic and he when he did the cove he did and sea shepherd which is by that captain i don't remember his name everyone will probably know him but him and rick o'berry do sea shepherd and he was talking this documentarian was talking to 
Rick O'Berry. And they then they went to Taiji and they were like, well, what do they do with these dolphins? Why are they doing that? And I was like, you just talked to the guy that did the Cove documentary. Like, I wish we would have heard a little bit more from him about Taiji, I guess. I don't know. That was mm-hmm. just a little, a little thing that I had because he had the expert right in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but it was less about that, I guess, and more just about the entire fishing industry. Yeah, which is a huge problem. I mean, getting away from the dolphins and everything, moving into the rest of the documentary, we learn how the main problem with our, you know, great Pacific trash patch or whatever, that's actually mostly fishing nets that big commercial fishing vessels have just left behind because they can because it's basically the trash can right and it's just fucking drop net and leave it behind that's also the thing that's mostly killing these whales and animals that are washing up on shore their bellies are filled with fishing nets and fishing gear and things like that that's a huge fucking problem and he goes to multiple Mm -hmm. people to try to get that explained on why this is not talked about why is it not talked about because it's funded our all of our governments all of our governments our little tax dollars when we pay our taxes at the beginning of the year that goes to fund fishing goes to fund the dairy industry we we fund these things so that it's cheaper for people to buy so that tuna isn't $30 a pound right and they also love to do this thing when they're like we're talking about plastic straws and all that for example you know get you know, bamboo cutlery and get rid of your toothbrush and, you know, stop using plastic straws and all this stuff. It's the same thing when you hear people talk about, like, if you go, don't go vegan, you're destroying the planet. Like, I think it's great to reduce your, you know, animal product consumption or cut it out completely. But the big corporations like to put it off on the people. That's why you see Mm -hmm. all those ad campaigns about reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. When then the majority of the destruction of the carbon footprints are these big corporations. So in the grand scheme of things, there's very little an individual can do as far as impact goes. And that's another issue that I have with some of these documentaries are, yes, they do call out, you know, the industries in general, but they also are like, you need to stop doing this as a part, like you specifically watching this, have to stop eating seafood and yes that's that's totally fair that is a very (laughs) valid point if we stop eating fish we will stop overfishing a hundred percent but also these corporations are the big evil here and i think that people feeling so guilty for something that you know as a mob mentality sure we contribute to but when you're just at home with your family eating salmon like it's 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 hard for me to say like oh you're an evil like you're not an evil person you know what I mean like you didn't create this you know yeah the one this is an aside to fish but this is like the the small thing that I can picture in my head that bothers me so fucking much I like to go to Bath and Body Works to get candles so does Amanda we have like a billion of them what do you do when they're all done when you have burnt all the scent And you can go on Bath and Body Works website and they will tell you how to quote unquote reuse, recycle them. And basically all they tell you to do is use it for something else. Use it for potpourri, use it for this, use it for that. No, no. Why are you not doing a buyback program for those glass jars? They're just glass jars. You can easily put another fucking label on them. 
Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Yeah. That's once again putting it in, well, it's not my fucking problem. You have to deal with it for the consumer. And that's fucking wrong because there's nothing wrong with those jars at all. It's not like you tore into the plastic and you can't really actually reuse it. A candle jar is fucking simple to wash out, put a new label on, and do it again. Right. Yeah. There And there are so many things that companies could do that with. And mm-hmm. some of them do. And But the problem is they just don't make it known. Like you buy this exactly. and you move on and, and you just kind of, you know, there was a time before COVID where, and COVID's made it a little more difficult too, before COVID where I like went kind of on like a, not a zero waste, but like a super low waste kick. And I was like, okay, we're going to go to Sprouts and buy things in bulk and put them in mason jars and not buy plastic. And then COVID hit and you can't do that anymore. And all their bulk Mm -hmm. stuff is in plastic bags. And it's kind of like, fuck. Exactly. (laughs) Or I have been, I was one of those kids, like in elementary school, I bought fully into the recycling thing. When I grow up, I'm going to recycle. And that's like the first thing I bought when I moved out on my own, I paid for a recycling service. And I was so proud of that at like 19 years old that I was going to do this. And I was going to make the world a better place just by me doing this. A few years later, I find out they don't actually recycle that stuff. They literally just, it's like a make you feel better thing. They also put that in the landfill. (laughs) It all goes to the same fucking place. Or it was going over to China where people were getting fucking toxic diseases from the plastic that they were trying to Mm -hmm. melt down and reuse so they decided we're not going to take it anymore which is totally fucking fair but now nobody else is taking it so people are still quote-unquote recycling but it doesn't go anywhere just goes in the landfill and that broke my heart and i'm like a broken person now and won't deal with it with recycling yeah they're like it sucks because even any legitimate recycling programs you find they're like in maybe one or two towns in every state Mm -hmm. you know yep like TerraCycle, for example, is a good one. You know, you can, I only know about that one because you, I work in optometry and you can, re- they'll recycle your contacts. Yeah. You but know? even those, a lot of them, you have to send it out. And I'm not saying that that's not a valid option. That's awesome that you even offer that service, but it's still once again in the consumers, it's the consumer's problem. Like I remember in Massachusetts and I know people think that this is like the craziest thing when Europe does it. But we had a bottle recycling thing. So you buy a 12-pack of soda, you take your can to this little recycler, you get your 10 cents back that you paid for that can of soda. You pay an extra 10 cents when you buy it. You get it back when you put it in the machine and recycle it. How fucking hard is that to do everywhere? You're already going to walk back into the store to get more soda. You might as well take your cans with you and get your 10 cents back. Yeah. Yep. Like... And with the the ocean stuff, I think one of the most the thing that scares me the most is obvious as the coral reef loss is a mm-hmm. big one, and but the like the little tiny like planktons and algaes that create fucking oxygen kind of important. Yeah, and it's interesting to find out in this that we actually need because oh my god, an ecosystem works this way. It's fucking crazy. Do you? I mean, come on. Do, did people not pay attention in science class with ecosystems and how you need the big fish to eat the small fish? Like that's how that works mm-hmm. because that's how, what we learn once again in this, you actually need the whales because the whales come to the surface and poop so that all the plankton and everything else has things to eat. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's how that works. The sharks have to be around. Even if you don't like them, even if they scare you, they have to be around to eat the small, the sick, the weak, the slow, because otherwise certain fish levels are going to overpopulate. That's how mm-hmm. the ecosystem works. And instead we're just destroying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, there was a, uh, another 
researcher on that's been you know doing ocean research since like the 60s or something or the 70s that was talking about how you know and a lot of like people that fish like just hook and catch and release that's always been like I'm not saying I haven't done it especially from Texas you go bass fishing but then uh, like I was with a guy that loved to fish and he still does and I had to stop like or towards the end of our relationship because I just would like see them get hooked and trying to breathe and it just started like killing me inside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fish feel pain, you know, like, and if you've ever owned fish, like they get scared, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of, some of it is instinct, but like, I, you know, and, and let's just say like, okay, I have tarantulas, right. They don't have nervous systems. So you could argue that they don't feel pain mm-hmm. and that they don't feel fear. That that would be a fair assumption, right? That being said, their lives are still very important to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a lot of people would hate them and smush them, and I get that. It makes me very angry, but I get that. But, like, I'm, like, looking at them right now, and I watch them, and I watch them dig and clean themselves and, like, hunt and just do all these really cool things that are necessary for I mean they don't really have they have their own little ecosystems in their enclosure but out in the wild like regardless if they feel pain or not they're still alive mm-hmm. and like panicking like there's a few shots of people pulling up these nets full of fish and there's also bycatch in there that they're just kind of laying on the side of the boat for a little bit and this poor shark is like flopping around terrified throw the shark back in the ocean it might survive oh my fucking god instead we are terrible human beings and we're just like no we only care about this one thing and we'll just throw the waste back in the trash big blue trash can next to us in just a second that and even if they do throw it back in the ocean it's been out for so long mm-hmm. that it's already dead exactly or it still has, like, some of these carriers are fucking huge. It still has to drop pretty fucking far. It's not like they're nice about it. Right, right. And these are still, and another thing that it's, they're still, and they mentioned this in the documentary, too. These are still lives, you mm-hmm. know? They still matter. Like, maybe they don't matter to some people, and maybe they don't matter. They don't matter as much as, like, your mom or your brother or your sister or your child, I, sure, but they still matter. I think if they don't matter to you, that says a lot more about you as a person than it does about that animal. Well, and they're just, they're just innocence, too. Hey, like, that's exactly just, it, yeah. To be that they, cruel. Right, just because they don't matter, you know, as much as a person sentimentally doesn't mean that they are not, they don't have their own, you know... Like, especially with whales and dolphins, they don't have their own relationships and families because they absolutely do. And we know that because we've studied their communications and they do have intricate social structures. Mm -hmm. They do mourn when one of them dies. Like there was a whale in Washington state and it lost its baby and she carried her dead baby around for like three or four days. I bet. Because she couldn't let it go. Well, that a, is grief. Yeah. I mean, even once again, j- not just the whales and dolphins and stuff, but they show in this film, this scene just like made me, I can't even, ima- I can't even tell you how it made me feel. It was so bad. 
it was these big, I don't, I'm not sure what they are, but they're like big stone looking fish and they all like grouped together and they're watching outside their glass tank. Like it's in an aquarium watching outside their glass tank as an aquarium person is cutting up one of their fish, one of their Mm -hmm. fellow somethings. And they're all just watching it. That's fucking horrifying. Yeah. That one got me too. And you can tell that they're watching. Yes. They're all grouped together staring at this person. So how, how are you honestly telling me that they don't have feelings and emotions? Like, have they ever watched you when you're just pulling out random, like, little pebble-sized fish food? I, I bet they don't really care that much. But when you're cutting up an actual fish in front of them, they're like, oh my god, that's that's a dead body right there. Yeah. Hey, that's Frank. That was Carl. Like. Yeah. And that's it, also it, so cruel. Like, I can't... Im- I can't imagine the person that would do that, even if it's just a fish, like, and, like, not, like, a dolphin or something. Why would you do that in front of them? That's disgusting. You, as a human being, are disgusting. Well, there is a point of, in this documentary of, and here's here's an exception to that rule, is in Thailand, they actually use forced slave labor. Yes. So we're not just talking about how terrible we are to the fish and the oceans, but also to human beings. Mm-hmm. So we... that wouldn't suck for me because my husband loves to eat shrimp and it's mostly shrimp boats that are doing this. Yeah. And they're using forced labor and they get these young men usually on these boats and they promise them all these things and this work and then they don't pay them. They put them below with a lot of dead bodies they don't pay them and they eventually just maybe they get out alive but it's very possible that they do not and they end up being thrown overboard they die of illness they just end up overworked or that you know you know they get shot stuff like that but even the guys that we do hear from are talking about yeah i was on that boat for 10 years i was on that boat for six years they lost a decade of their lives Mm mm-hmm for somebody's shrimp Mm -mm. with no pay Mm -mm. it's not fucking worth it and that's literally what the guys say that i really wish people would understand more that what you're doing to other people when you order that fish yeah so it it just is a devastating industry all around and something else that he explores is is there a sustainable way to do this and Mm -hmm. the answer is as far as commercially, no. And I was kind of thinking about that too. Like, is there a sustainable way to do that? And unless you're like individual families or tribes or whatever, just kind of eating as you go, not really. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like little island nations could probably continue to do that. Yeah. Like small In- ones, like tribes. Indigenous communities yeah. that have been doing it for centuries that, you know, First Nations and those kinds of... Yeah, uh, West Africa, which we're literally starving out. Yeah. Could continue to do it. Right. But as far as commercial, when you just want to go get your seafood at Costco or whatever and go home and bake it in your oven... Just commercial industries like that are not sustainable. Any of them. Any of them. That's part of why I know I'm terrible about it too but we really do need to get more back into that eating out of your garden and off the land like even down to diseases why do you think that people 
you know, before the 1950s and all of this packaging and plastic and meat was available, people didn't have as many crazy fucking diseases because we didn't need to. We didn't have plastic contaminating us. We didn't have mercury in the air that's now going into our fish. We didn't have any of that shit happening. Right. Yeah. So I have, like I said, never really been a huge fan of fish, but I will say, like, I love... I've loved before. I don't eat it anymore, but like snow crab was my jam. Like mm-hmm. when you think about all the things that like, like, you know, Connor likes shrimp. I liked crab and mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's hard to think about those things and then think about like th- some, a documentary like this and ever want to consume that again. But here's the problem too. People watch this and they get fucked up about it for a couple weeks or maybe a month or two. And then it's just a lot easier to go back to the way things were, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and I went to go follow Seaspiracy on Instagram and I'm not trying to sound like I'm self-righteous or a bitch or like, I, I, and I, I truly like, it's just very interesting the disconnect that we have as humans sometimes when it comes to our wants, mm-hmm. not our needs, but our wants and the, the, the mental Olympics that we will go through to rationalize getting ourselves something that we want, even if we know it may not be the right decision. Mm-hmm. So for example, following Seaspiracy on Instagram, I noticed there were two people that I was friends with or knew in from my hometown. And I specifically know these people have also posted pictures of like how they think that baby cows are just the cutest and they've had their kids take pictures with cows and stuff and they just like love them and then they'll post pictures of burgers and, and then stuff. we went to mcdonald's afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they'll watch seaspiracy and they'll go get sushi you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so it's like i know you watched it because you followed them on instagram so where is is that disconnect you know that we tend to like I said, we rationalize things because we want them, which is, it's just human nature, you know, mm-hmm. like I usually follow a vegan diet, but every now and then I'm like, oh, but it's been such a hard day. Like I really want dairy, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been a lot harder recently. And I'm like pedaling back on that now and getting back into the groove of things because dairy makes me feel like shit. But like, I completely understand that sometimes, and especially as someone where I've talked about having an eating disorder, Sometimes your wants definitely win because Mm -hmm. that's just life. But also it's just the cognitive dissonance sometimes is so loud. You're like, "Mm, what? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it it reminds me a lot of what you've talked about with like grieving your dad. Like you can only take the negative for so long before your body has to become numb to it. And I feel like that's a lot of just climate change and – 2021 2020 and coronavirus and politics and all of that like you can only be upset for so long before you have to just step back and be like whatever it's gonna be what it's gonna be i'm gonna get the fucking chicken sandwich because it's not like they're fucking stopping killing these animals and i want a fucking chicken sandwich today so yeah right and you know it's kind of the whole no ethical consumption under capitalism thing Mm -hmm. which you know i totally get it i and i i definitely do i it's just hard because on on one hand you it's like a oh, fuck it well like I can't do anything right and I'm not going to change anything and then on the flip side of that if you get enough people to do it you can you mm-hmm. know so 
So it's hard. And at the end of this, there was a really good point made actually by one of the whale hunters. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to this guy from the Faroe Islands. And this whale hunt is not pulling these whales up in nets, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is brutal. Like, mm-hmm. bloody, horrific, like, just mm-hmm. just awful. And he killed, he, he was one of the hunters. And he did an interview. And he was like, you want to come at me and think that I'm a horrible person for hunting this whale when somebody is coming at me for this and they will eat, you know, 200 chickens or whatever, I think mm-hmm. it's the same. And I'm like, that's a fair point, you know, mm-hmm. that's a very fair point. And then he says, the only people that like kind of have an argument are people that say, well, why don't you just eat fruits and vegetables? And I'm like, that's also a fair point. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's the same. It's just like those different cultures, you know, it, it's like us looking at over at China and in Korea with the dog meat trade. We're like, that's barbaric. And then some people look over here at what we do with cows mm-hmm. and they say that's barbaric. So it's just, it's just different degrees uh, depending on what culture you're from, you know? Exactly. I mean, at this point, I, I'm one of those people who totally understands that we needed meat for our brains. We absolutely did. That's how we became who we are. That's how we're able to have such big brains, think about things that that's how we are human is because of what meat did to our brains. I think now in our society, we don't need it. Now it is barbaric. There are ways around this through plants. We should be moving to that as a society. Well, and like they, uh, there was a doctor that said, you know, when you're getting all this omega-3 from the fish, you're actually getting it from the algae that the fish ate. Exactly. And there's so many things on that. I know we're not talking about cowspiracy what was the cow one yeah so there you know there's ones about farms and stuff and the regular meat that we eat every single day beef chicken pig like we eat those all the time and there's nothing actually good in them i i struggle with chicken and i will fully admit that and like i have a chick-fil-a chicken sandwich waiting for me right now for dinner so i i'm struggling with it but there's nothing good in beef really for us that we couldn't get from plants there right there there's the algae there's things that we feed cows and pigs and chickens that it are better for us that we take up all this extra land just to create feed for them which is not as economical or helpful as just feeding people with it right because we really could feed everyone in the entire world not for the amount of food that we feed livestock and to the amount of money that we spend funding the fishing industry also mm-hmm. is something they talk about in this documentary we could feed everyone yes and i've that. seen in other documentaries we could literally do that with just algae we could fix climate change because algae is pulling in all that carbon and holds on to it not like so trees every single year will do that they pull it in but then when they die they let it all back out so it's kind of it doesn't really help it would help if we had more trees but it doesn't really help right now it's kind of evened out if we put more algae in, they'll just take it and they don't breathe it back out because it's not like they die with every season. And we can eat them. We could fix it with, you know, one, two birds, one stone right there. Yep, absolutely. And it's, we have all of the power to pretty much fix everything. Mm-hmm. Did you know, this is off topic, there are experts in Canada that are preparing Canada for the basically 
democratic collapse of the United States? They should. That's really fucking sad. But they should. Poor Canada. Yep, they're like, we need to prepare for what's going to happen with the United States. They do. We need to prepare for what's going to happen with the United States. Like, I'm fucking terrified. Yeah, so it's that's completely off the yeah the topic here but it was making me think like we literally have the power to stop world hunger water like if we would just leave the fucking ocean alone and maybe help it out some maybe plant more algae shit like that yep. yeah we could fix everything yeah but instead uh there People are Canadian political scientists warning canada that we will be by 2030 under right-wing dictatorship that's what they're saying i mean that sounds about right we go in this hundred year cycle and right now we're going through the influenza the spanish flu of the 1920s now we're in it in the 2020s and what happened in the 1930s oh you know the dust bowl and the great depression and you know nazi germany so yeah that sounds about right i'll be in sweden yep i'm terrified yeah Especially because, once again, the whole, everything is such a cycle and people don't pay attention. It fucking pisses me off. But literally, what happened with fucking Hitler? Oh my god, he tried to take over at the beer hall and then he went to prison for a few years. We didn't hear from him. And then he came back and he took over the whole country. Hmm, interesting. So Trump was here for a little bit, tried to take over. Now he's going to be gone for a few years. And then, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen after that. I don't know. I hope he dies. Even if he does, I'm sure his son or daughter, somebody will bring it forward. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, you know, if we could just stop like one issue, that'd be great. Like, yeah, it's everything all at fucking once. Sucks. And, you know, Sea Spiracy, when it came out, everyone was talking about it. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2021. 20, or like early April, like April 2021 or something like that. I don't know. I feel, I feel like it was early 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Everybody was talking about it. And then... And then nothing ever happens. Ever. Yeah. That's that's what everything's about. Like, we talk about this terrible, terrible corruption with commercial, far- commercial fishing. And he talks about it in this fucking documentary. It's happening. Shouldn't this be a revolution? No, people just push it under the rug like everything else and nobody ever gets held accountable for shit mm-hmm. so that why are we as the public gonna sit there and bang our fists and be upset when nobody else is well we're not guess we'll continue eating fish and watch it go away it's gonna be sad i hope my kids get to see some fish at some point but i don't think it'll happen they'll be gone i mean if the fish are gone we're gone pretty shortly after so which is why I actually don't think it'll happen. I think that we're going to let it go pretty fucking low because we suck. I think we're going to let it get yeah. pretty fucking scary. But we'll eventually stop. Just right before the end. Yeah, when we have some major, major, major damage control to do. And it is vital. Exactly. I think it says in this documentary that fish will be gone by 2048, 2043, something like that. 2040s. So mm-hmm. I'm sure like in... 2035 we'll be like we can't anymore yep and we'll still be chasing down illegal fishing boats but yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh gosh well hopefully there'll still be fish i will be 
the second there's not an orca left on this planet, I'm out. <laughs> when I hear that the last one is gone, bye. I don't want to be here anymore. I know that's dramatic, but part of me is serious. <laughs> I will just be absolutely heartbroken. Hopefully it doesn't get to that, though. Hopefully we fix it. And there are a lot of people that do, are doing a lot of good work to fix it. And mm-hmm. like I was talking about at the beginning, like there are climate scientists that are like, this is not hopeless. And we are doing a lot of really good work. So we just got to keep that energy alive. And Sea Shepherd, by the way, I used to have a Sea Shepherd hoodie. I think I left it in Texas because I haven't seen that bitch in years. And those things were expensive, but for a good cause. Mm-hmm. They fucking sink ships, man. I love them. There was Dude, a South, There was like a South Park episode making fun of them, and I'm like, don't you fucking make fun of them. They're fucking trying. Dude, they are awesome. And like, I, there was like a whole while there where I was like directionless and didn't know what to do with my life, and I was like, I'm just gonna go join Sea Shepherd. Like, hey, bye. Been cool. Yeah, I would have cried all the time though. Yeah, that would have been terrible for you. Yeah. You would have been, you'd have been taking some revenge, some vengeance out on these people. 100%. I probably would be (laughs) homicidal, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Every single time I saw someone fishing, they could be fishing at fucking Memorial Park here. (laughs) And I'd be like, no, (laughs) put the fish back. They're like, I was already going to throw it back. It's like holding them at gunpoint. (laughs) You put that fish back. They go to Bass Pro, you know, where they have the fish tank. Mm-hmm. And I'm like triggered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyways, consider eating less fish. <laughs> or like no fish. Like, please yeah. don't eat fish. It's not healthy for you anyway. They're full of mercury, all of them, especially the bigger you get. It starts with the small ones all the way up to tuna. All of it. Yeah. Also that. There was actually a girl that... It- I was listening to her story and she's like, oh yeah, I had mercury poisoning because I was eating fish every day and I started to feel really bad, got tested, mercury poisoning. So be careful. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're Plus, not good for you all around. There was a girl at the end of the documentary too and she owns a plant-based company that makes like plant-based food. They're the vegan alternatives. You guys are getting so good. For real. Yes, they're making shrimp. I'm super excited. I don't eat shrimp, but my husband does. I'm getting super excited. Like they're, the future is coming. I know I get very negative and scared about the climate change and stuff like that, but people really are trying to fix things. There are very positive people out there. We had garden fish sticks one time for fish tacos. Yeah, were they good? Yeah, they were pretty good. And we they air fried them. Yeah. We do that. yeah. They're like a like a white fish knockoff, you know, so it was like a pretty mild flavor. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, they were pretty solid. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. Come on. So. Yeah, Especially yeah. Impossible. Like, I will try anything they make. They're fucking We had amazing. Impossible burgers literally last night. See? Exactly. Yeah. They're fucking so, great. So delicious. Yeah. So if you haven't tried any vegan alternatives and you're kind of curious, I definitely recommend trying it. Sprouts and Whole Foods are really good meccas for that kind of stuff. Like, they have a lot of frozen meals, like, even for lunches that are not bad at all. Trader Joe's has a lot of really great stuff. So... Definitely give it a shot. I would highly recommend it. If you are a cheese lover, that is where you might struggle a little bit, but they are getting even better in mm-hmm. that department. I will tell you that is where I struggled and sometimes still struggle a little bit, but definitely getting a lot better. So Yeah, I saw even Chipotle has recently come out with a plant-based chorizo. So that's cool. People really yes. are trying to move forward. Yes, yes. And because there are more people switching they will only continue to do better. And also, you know, vegans aren't always the worst. Like I've been like vegan. I, you know, even though I have like my setbacks every now and then 
I will tell you those are mostly related to my eating disorder, which is why I give myself a lot of grace with that. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they're not all super lame. We're not all super lame. I'm in some vegan groups and let me tell you, some of them are pretty fucking lame. I went off on someone because there was like frozen vegan stuff next to like frozen, like stuff with meat in it and she was like I complained to the manager that the vegan stuff was touching the meat stuff and I was like what do you want yeah it's like those what people do you who want? are like all uh plant-based whole grains and it's like do you want people to stop eating meat or not they, they gotta fucking work on it it's like a crutch you gotta work your way up to it that and then there'll be people like oh I tried the new impossible thing or whatever and then somebody in the vegan group is like I don't understand why y'all eat this processed crap. And it's like, I'm not vegan because I want to be healthy. Okay. I just don't want to kill the poor animals. Right. But then it's like, once again, our country is so fucking split because you go down the freezer section and it's like, you have vegan section and then you have keto section. It's like, we can't fucking decide. Yeah. You can do vegan keto. It's just mostly vegetables. So good luck. (gasps) Vegetables. Gross. I know. (laughs) But anyways, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of Seaspiracy. We try not to be doom and gloom, but that's pretty much, I'm just a doomy and gloomy. So. Same. I'm sorry. And Amanda's usually the positive one, so. Yeah, but Whoopsie. This is the ocean. I know. We should have done a different one. Just don't not eat fish. Leave, leave the ocean alone. Unless you're going to go clean up the beaches because people suck. Yeah, that, if I lived by the beach, I would do that every single day. Agreed. Mostly because like, like oh god I, I feel so fucking stupid but like you've been to the beach with me i'm just like in the water i don't care how cold it is let's go <laughs> right. i want to be in the water i want to be with the fish you know <laughs> right. i want to be part of the sea if i got carried off at sea and died i'd be okay with that oh my god like if i was I'm at sure the you beach would. and the ca- current carried me away would it be an awful scary death sure would i be okay with it yeah <laughs> yeah be like i'm going home <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Anyways, you can find us on all of our social medias, Oddest is Hottest, except for Twitter, which is Oddest Hottest. You can email us at oddestishottest at gmail.com if you need to reach out to us. And till next time. Bye. Bye.